Torah Resource presents the Rob and Caleb Show. All aboard! And now, from two sides of the same state, here they are, Rob and Caleb. What up? And shalom. <clears throat> Pardon me. Welcome to... The Robin Caleb Show. My name is Caleb Hegg. With me, as always, of the Hoff. What up, Rob? What up and shalom. I'm uh, here in all my uh, allergic glory. I got allergies so bad right now. It's unbelievable. And actually, they were even worse this last week. We were over, the staff of Tour Resource was over in Spokane visiting the Hoff. The Hoff's house. <laughs> this uh, I, this is uh, interesting for anyone who uh, wants to know a little bit more about Rob and his life. Rob, if you watch this on YouTube, okay, there's a door right to Rob's uh, right to your right, and it would be Rob's left, right outside that door. Booyah! There is a sauna. There is a sauna, a nice little home sauna. Uh, that's something that I got to put in my office, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Robin Caleb Show. We're happy uh, that everyone's listening. If you are listening, what up and shalom to you. And what up and shalom to everybody in the chat room. Looks like we got an okay group in there today. And when I say okay, I mean in terms of number. Everyone in there is a wonderful person. Behave yourself, yeah. chat room. Yes, exactly. Typers. Uh, at the no, glad you're here. Yes, exactly. At the programming desk, of course, as always, Ra, uh, Gary Springer, and running our chat room and our website uh, is the good old Mark Randall. And both those guys helped me move yesterday. I moved out of a rental house into a house that I'm trying to own now. And uh, Gary and Mark both showed up to help me move. I gotta admit, I am very sore. Today, uh, Torah Resource Radio is a uh, the radio station of TorahResource.com. Find all sorts of free articles and uh, all sorts of books and audio lectures that you can purchase online from our store, TorahResource.com. Uh, of course, you can listen to audio anytime you want, totally free. Uh, brought to you by Torah Resource. It is Torah Resource Radio at trradio.com. All right. And a big thank you to Torah Resource and uh, our director, my father, uh, Tim Hag, for allowing us to have this show on the air and on YouTube and everywhere else. So, uh, yeah, okay. Let's uh, let's get into it. Well, how you been, Rob? It's only been a couple of days since I've seen you, but yeah. Yeah, you know... It's taking a bit to recover. Yeah, no doubt. I'm with you on that. But it's, I'm just like really grateful to the Lord that you guys uh, were able to come over and we spent some good time together. And uh, I just thought it was great. And now it's kind of back back to the normal. I, I had a lot of anxiety, like get leading in, you know, to the talks and everything. I thought your lectures were great. Well, I was. It, well, praise God, I'm glad. 
for got, those I was, of, I was I was I was encouraged by a lot of the feedback, uh, but I for some reason I was really uh, stressing out in advance, uh, and I don't know why. It's not I don't always do that. So I I usually feel a little bit of kind of nervous, but you did great, man. You, thanks. I think yours was so well put together, and I think it was really engaging. I think a lot of people that were there listening, I, you you wove in the you know reading from your paper with with pausing and and giving you know stories here and there, and I think it's an important topic, and you did a really good job. Lois Morgan just logged into our chat room. Hi, Lois. Uh, Lois actually was able to, and actually anyone could have. We didn't. I didn't realize this, but they were they broadcast the entire UMJA conference via the internet, totally free, live streaming. So they, Lo- they try, it kept turning on and off though. So it, that's true. Uh, but anyway, but yeah, Lo- Lois was true. Lois Morgan was actually able to watch and listen to most of our lectures. I think. Um, yeah, so that was good. Anyway, so so if you don't know, okay, I, let's talk about your lectures first real quick, Rob. Uh, for those who are unaware, Rob is, well, if you listen to Michelet, <laughs> another radio program on Tora Resource Radio is Michelet. You can also find that on my personal YouTube page, The Caleb Hague Channel. Mishlei is a conversational commentary on the book of Proverbs, and our uh, the person who does all of the Torah Tor Resource Radio programming for Torah Resource Radio, uh, Gary Springer, he is also a teacher at Torah Resource Institute, as is Rob. They do a conversational commentary on the book of Proverbs every week, and actually, I think I'm behind in posting them on my Facebook or on my uh, YouTube page. I have to get on that. But uh, all all that said. If you listen to that show at all, you'll realize that Rob and Gary complement each other very well in one respect. That is that they both love rabbit trails. Yeah. <laughs> and they both, uh, if, if you tell them to talk about something, at least to me, a lot of the time I think that they are so far off topic that they're not even talking about the same thing. Like they're not even talking about what they originally were going to talk about. But then somehow... They always come back to it in the end. And I think it's just the way that, that your brain works as opposed to mine. Because uh, it, it all ties very well together for you. And, and when Gary, Gary does the same thing, uh, you know, it all ties very well together for Gary too. For me, I'm like, what? what? It's like my, my mind is not that smart to pick up what you guys are laying down. That being said, if you ever watch Rob speak live, Usually he has notes that he'll hand out. <laughs> Rabbit trails are fun, Gary says. Uh, usually uh, he'll give uh, Rob will give notes that he hands out, and he'll he'll have like a PowerPoint on the screen, right? That he's going through. And the problem is is that he gets so far off, and I know this because I edit all of his video work. You know, we 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 uh, videotape all the lectures, and then I have to edit it. I get to I shouldn't say have to. I get to edit all of it. And uh, he it's, he gets so far off. I'm always like, man, I you know, like it's it's hard to edit. This time, Rob was very nervous about his lectures. He decided not to give a handout, and you didn't do your PowerPoint. And here's what it did for me: since I wasn't trying to follow you on the screen, I was just listening to what you were saying. It was a lot easier for me to follow you. Well, that's helpful. I, that might be my new 
<laughs> Way to go. <laughs> a, lot, a lot less work for you, eh? I just show up. I don't have any notes or any. I just have a title. Well, let's get. I'm going to talk about. Let's get to the meat of it, though. So, what? It, lay, lay down what you talked about. You talked about 4Q MMT. We've talked about this on the show before. You talked about yeah. 4Q MMT, which is a document from. From the Qumran sect or the Qumran uh, community, and basically what well, it does. Well, first, actually, well, well, yeah, but Go before that, remember, I on Thursday, I did, gave a paper, uh, Hebrew education in yes. the body of Messiah. Yes. Past, present, and future. Uh, actually, I thought that was really good too because it was a lot of, uh, it was a, it was a lot of relating to you, to sit. You know, basically, what Rob did was he laid out. Why Hebrew, the the study of the Hebrew language uh, is important for anyone who is truly trying to study the Bible. And, uh, well, why don't you give us a rundown of it? You're the one who gave the, the paper. Well, yeah, and then I, well, I, I shared a little bit about my own experience because <clears throat> that's all I know. You know, I know my experience. And I remember, you know, learning Hebrew word pictures and, and, uh, number values of letters and these things in the 90s when I was first coming into Messianic, quote, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I didn't have any discernment. I had no way. It was all new. I didn't even know the full alphabet yet. I remember trying to mem- memorize the alphabet plus what the word pictures were. You know, that's where I started. And I thought this was it. And then when I went to school, I was like, oh, that's not it. <laughs> that's That's like a crazy distracting invention of, of some men who are zealous for the wrong thing. And so I wanted to share from my own experience because I know other people are out there that also don't have any framework to know what to hold on to and what to spit out. So a uh, little bit of history about me and try to be encouraging with people that, you know, it's a long-term uh, project, just getting the seat of a disciple learner and, just keep at it and be patient with yourself. Uh, don't don't try to solve all the mysteries of the Bible in your one web post kind of thing, you know. And and, um, and then I try to help people to to recognize warning signals, such as you know over sensationalized claims. You know, I I the simple question is: Did Yeshua teach this way? Did Yeshua? teach this way or did he teach just from the reading the scripture the, the plain sense of the scripture and I think that's if we're disciples of Yeshua we want to emulate him and we want to be suspicious of these other approaches that um, seem appealing or or like wow that that's like mysterious or something it's such but, a fine line between stupid and, and clever yeah, it's just clever, a little turnabout <laughs> anyway, and then and that was one, and then the other two I did were a part one and a part two, like you said, Caleb. It was on. Uh, I used the title MMT for QMMT, but basically I, I went and looked at different uh, Jewish communities in the first century, how they defined membership, quote unquote, um, and how they wanted to, to get other Jews to convert to their program for the sake of some sort of eschatological vision or this uh, notion of purity and um, holiness and righteousness. And then I suggest that we read Paul uh, when he talks about works of the law in Romans and in Galatians, that he's dealing with uh, influential groups that are similar to that, 
rather than a monolithic Judaism. He's dealing with these other groups that are uh, trying to recruit members uh, using exclusion and uh, shame to to get motivate people to to jump on board. Um, I, I you know what I, I I'm not one to boast, but I got an email from a guy who said you know what he said your your talk on Sunday alone was worth the the three hour drive. It was. The, uh, I was uh, like I was like wow. I I was so encouraged. I, I was just like thank you Lord. Andre asks a good question. He asks, when are our lectures going to be up? Actually, the nice here's the other nice thing about, okay, my lecture should be up quite soon, actually, because um, I didn't have any PowerPoint, and uh, I did have, I, I just wrote out my lecture. Um, and so what I can do is just put, basically all I have to do is put a fade in and a fade out. It's the same with Rob's. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to do with Rob's lecture. Since he didn't have PowerPoint and since he didn't have uh, uh, notes, Basically, all I have to do is put in, he talked about a picture at the very beginning, uh, and I want to find that picture and put it up. And, uh, and besides that, I mean, it, it'll probably be about two weeks. And the reason why is because I've, believe it or not, I'm, I'm not working <laughs> this week. Uh, I came into the office just to be able to do this show this morning, but uh, I'm actually taking the week off because my family's moving. So um, we're trying to unpack boxes and all sorts of stuff. But uh, after this week, then it shouldn't be long at all. And actually, my lectures will be free. You'll be to get be able to get those lo- online. And then I think actually Rob's first lecture of uh, the, the second day on 4Q MMT will also be free. You'll be able to watch that on my YouTube channel and uh, whatnot. So uh, keep your eyes open. It should not be long at all. I think that they should. That should actually be uh, quite a quick turnaround before you can uh, you can listen to listen and watch those online um so yeah and you know it was really nice being at the umja uh, always not to be confused with the umjc but the umja uh, it was really nice being there uh ray well who is the director of the umja really did a, a fantastic job yes put, he did putting and it he all had together. a team uh his family working and the team from Havarat hamashiach um in in spokane they did an amazing job. They worked so wonderfully as a team. They they hooked up the live streaming for video. Yeah, it was great. They, they had a, a whole sound system hooked up for all the different groups to use. That they brought in their own video projector. There was there was coffee, tea, water, snacks. Snacks, yeah. Um, Every break and, there was snacks for people. <laughs> and and you know what I loved about and I, I just thought it was so wise. Uh, there was so much wisdom going into that, and I I just. Praise Adonai for that. That yeah, was really good. Uh, I think the facility was clean. It was just really nice. The, all the parking was free right next to a, a great grocery store that had all sorts of uh, good stuff. I, I just think there were so many uh, uh, things that I take away this year that that just it was up a couple notches i think it was it was i, I missed downtown uh downtown spokane just a little bit because it was nice to be able to walk outside and have restaurants everywhere but you know what it was nice in the valley too but okay anyway uh so a huge thank you to raywell dylan and his family and uh, everyone who helped put on the conference it was really great uh every you know they gave us care packages and everything and uh, when my wife and I left, we kind of, we had to leave kind of quickly and I felt really bad cause I wasn't able to talk to Ray well before I left. And my wife wasn't able to say thank you to his wife for the care package and everything they gave us. It was just really, really nice. Um, but beyond that, it was really great to see a bunch of people. I had numerous people 
numerous people come up to me and say, hey, I listen to your show. It's really great. And that was, I mean, <laughs> it's nice to have the, you know, 11 to 15 people in the uh, in the chat room that we have every every week. And uh, we, I mean, they really are the, the backbone of this show. Um, but I got to say, a lot of the time I look at the chat room and I think that those are the people who are listening, <laughs> you know, like that's it. And so when other people are like, hey, I listen to your show, I'm like, you do? That's, wow, I didn't expect you know, that. The interesting thing I just remembered, our bumper sticker, we had a yeah. stack of bumper stickers. <laughs> and one of them, you know, it's the, I'm one of the 36. Well, there's a person who was at the conference who's studied Hasidism, and they, in their talk, they had... They referenced assumed, our, our bumper sticker. They, they referenced a bumper sticker, but from the, a completely different worldview. They thought, I think he thought that... We were. It was what we were expressing was the Hasidic idea that, that there are thirty six righteous people in the world at, at any one time, and that and so that the bumper stickers. I'm one of the thirty six. Like I'm one of the thirty six Tzadikim. And I was like, oh, that's that's not at all. Uh, and I was. And thinking, when they wow, say Tzadik, have- they actually mean like a. It's almost like a. It's almost like a man, God, uh, God with us. It's yeah. yeah. The the theory yeah. of the of the thirty six righteous in the world each. It's not. It's not cool. No, but anyway, and I and so what I realized, I, I wanted to talk to him and explain to him that that's I did. Uh, oh, you did. Oh, I did. Okay. I told him. But that's interesting because uh, our our it shows bu- you how one thing could be interpreted totally differently. Totally different. Because our bumper sticker, I'm one of the 36, is actually totally self-deprecating. De- 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 uh, basically, we make fun of ourselves because we uh, we don't think that there's really that many people <laughs> listening. We know that there's more than 36. We get it, but it's just kind of a joke that we that we made that you know we have 36 listeners that listen each week, and so uh, people start started saying you know yeah 30, I'm one of the 36. So we made a bumper sticker that said that. Unless it's true, and the thirty-six listeners, we are the righteous. <laughs> Don't get that rumor started. Okay, okay. Hey, okay. I want to flip gear. Can I? Yeah, absolutely. Please? By the okay. way, oh, wait. Hang on, just a sec. Before you go, I should say this: there are no show notes this week again, and I apologize for that. And Rob and I, yesterday and the day before, I spent all day moving. This is total. This show. There's no preparation for this. There's no notes for it. There's no nothing. No, but we, but I, we've got <clears throat> stuff to do here. Okay, go for it. So I posted a, a link, and we'll put this up there later, the, the Eshba'al inscription. Now, maybe people have seen it. It's in Israel, uh, Israeli archaeologists. So this is a rare 3,000-year-old inscription. Yeah. 3,000-year-old inscription. So this is they date this to the Davidic dynasty. It's a big chart. Uh vessel with handles on it and it's got a paleo-hebrew inscription eshbaal ben beda and eshbaal is a name that's in the bible it's one of uh one of king saul's sons is eshbaal but in any case i posted the link and you can see a picture of the the paleo-hebrew what i was thinking would be cool is for people to tell us like to decode it for us. Why don't you ex- why, why don't you just kind of describe so, what it is? So, so basically, we see there's this photo, and we'll we'll have it available on our show notes, I guess, in a few, our retro show notes. But I pasted it in the the link for our chat. 
So what you'll see here on the far right, you see the upside down A. That is the, the Aleph. It's like an A, but it's upside down. Then you see it looks like a, a squiggly, like a sigma in Greek, which is, that's the sh. And then you see, I don't know, it looks like a giant harp or something. That's a beta or bet. And then you see a circle with a dot in the middle. That's the ion. Then there's a crack. So we can't see all the lamid, but there's kind of like a little backwards hoop. That's the lamid. And then there's just a little vertical line. Well, the vertical line's not a letter. It's a marker of space between words. And then we see this other kind of looks like an upside-down L because part of it's missing, but that's a, that's a bet. Then you see a little sideways V. That's a noon. Then you see another little vertical line. That's another space between letters. And then you see bet and then a triangle, which is a dalit, and then finally a circle with a dot, which is another ion. So it's uh, eshbaal. What's, what, script, what script is it, though? Well, this is a paleo. This is what we would call a, an example of a paleo Hebrew script. It's an ancient Hebrew script from, from basically you know one thousand BC, uh, uh, Hebrew script. So, and so it's Eshbaal. Then there's a dash. Then it's Ben dash, and then it's Beda. So, what's really cool about this is another. It's just uh, more evidence of, of. Uh, ancient Israel writing from that time. We don't have a lot of inscriptions that are that from that era. So this is really neat discovery. Um, but there's no way you would make sense of this. There's no way the person and the people who used this thought of this anything other than who owned this jar. They didn't. They didn't, and they knew who it was. They knew his name. They didn't look at this and go, "Oh, ox." Um, <laughs> Shin, I, you know, I don't even remember what she is. Adam even House, says it. Adam, Adam says. Adam says in the chat room. He says Jeff Benner better get busy telling us what this really means. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 what I want to do, I want everybody to take this picture, and you, you can. You, this is just the best picture I found on this. There's numerous articles that you can find on this, but this was the best. Up, you know, it was close enough in a, a, a high enough resolution that you can actually see the letters. Is take like you know if you've got your little Hebrew word picture chart. <laughs> and here's here's a problem people are going to encounter then because there's no way to know if we're just reading it as word pictures those dashes the little vertical letter lines between words a person wouldn't know that you wouldn't know you would try to interpret that as a mark of some it could be a yod right because it's the it's just a little stroke so <laughs> And here's another thing. How do you know if, you, if we're supposed to start and read it right to left or from left to right? If all, if, see? So I want people to be creative, and I want to see. Oh, wait, wait, hang on. Just say, oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's go back. Let's go back. Of course you'd le read it left to right. Why would you write, why would you expect to read it right? No, wait. Why would you expect to, I said that wrong. Why would you expect to read it left to right? It should be right to left because it's Hebrew, right? Yeah, but how do they know that that's true without referring to, uh, to the Hebrew language specifically? But that's, that's, that's the side point. The point is get your decoder rings out, your Paleo-Hebrew decoder, and come up. I want to see that there could be word, a whole word picture. This could be the gospel <laughs> in ancient from the Davidic dynasty, and Yeshua was from the line of David. As we know, I think 
there could be something to it if if we could just I, so call your you know the people you know that do paleo hebrew and let's decode this I, I i don't even know if it really says eshbal ben beda that's just what they tell us maybe all right you heard that <laughs> okay okay now <laughs> oh we'll move on okay move on uh, yeah, our, our, I have a clip. Wait, that, that this is dedicated to last week's show. Okay, yeah. So last week we talked about Flat Earth, which was the stupidest show we've ever done. No. Okay. Hey, I have to share. So we went out to have Father's Day <laughs> dinner. Yeah. Okay, so we're running a little bit late because, you know, I didn't want to leave the conference. <laughs> Adam, wait, hang on. I got to say this. Adam says, I decoded it. It says made in China. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so post it on the Facebook. We need to like put that on our Facebook and then we'll have after the show after the show after yeah. the show we'll put a uh, we'll put a link to the to it on our Facebook page. And, and so we need to you know. but we need to see that now Adam that could be correct. But we do <laughs> we do need to see some legitimation based on word pictures. Yes, of course. Okay, so anyway, so I we get out to the lake, my family. <clears throat> And I get in there. It's my folks have a little cabin on the lake, so we're out there. <laughs> Sorry. And r- I walk in, and they're all sitting in a circle, and they're just smiling at me. <laughs> they're like, they, they've all, they all just got done listening to the flat earth. <laughs> my 75-year-old dad, my, mom, my oldest brother, <laughs> my sister, my niece. Oh, and they're just asking me all sorts of questions. They're like, well, Caleb doesn't really let you talk very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know how many times I've been accused of that? And I, uh, said, I said, well, that show he really uh, headed up. So that's totally understandable. But anyway, um, and, and my dad had a great idea. He says, you know, for people who, you know, like me, who don't know all the insider languages, you could pause and or pro- produce like a, a little vocab list or a glossary that people could refer to. And I was like, wow, that's really wise. So anyway, okay. So this, so. The reason, yeah. okay, hang on, wait. We had somebody say, I enjoyed the Flat Earth show. The reason that I say that it's the stupidest show we've done is just because the, st- the topic is so stupid. If pe- I mean, people, I said it at the end of the show last week. I'll say it again. People who believe in it either have to be extreme conspiracy theorists or have to have something loose in the noggin. They're, I mean, they're not. Or they're just trying to deceive people and see how far they can go with deceiving people. Exactly. And the point is, is that it's the reason that it was such a frustrating show for me is because we had to stoop to that level to talk about stuff that was so stupid. Okay. So in 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 line yes. of that stupidity, we found the clip from. Here we go from, I think, 1951 Bugs Bunny. So here, if you'd play here, it. Here we this go. Is a- here we go. Round, lad. Round, lad. Round, lad. Round. The The world, she's flat. The world, she's around. She's flat. Look, King. She's around like the apple. She's flat like the pancake. Post the fazool. <laughs> She's around, she's a firm, she's a fully packed. She's around the back of my head. She's flat like your head. What's up, Doc? 
disgust. And nobody believes in the world that she's around. around to me, Doc. <laughs> so see, Disney had this conversation long yeah. before. I, that's I, that's my new thing. Nobody believes the world's around. <laughs> I'm frustrated. Oh, man. Okay, so that was just... Actually, uh, it's funny because the Dollies, they said, oh, we listen to you every week on the way to Shul, on the way back from Shul. We listen to the Rob and Caleb show. And and Aaron told his family, they were like, what was this week's Rob and Caleb show on? They, this is like on, you know, before they were leaving for Shul. And he was like, it was stupid. You don't, We don't even have... We're not going to listen to it. It was so stupid. <laughs> they yeah, were like, what? I, I, I understand. Know, flat Earth? Okay. Um, I have one other clip, Caleb. Okay, please go for it. And then I got something. This is clip week for Rob, I guess. Okay. I love it when you do this. It, it shows. I came across. Okay, I watched this movie, American Sniper. Oh. Okay, anyway. I don't know if anybody's watched it isn't about Chris that, Kyle. Isn't that rated R? Chris Kyle is the most. Shame. I think he's, he's the most, uh, in terms of American history as a sniper, he has the most confirmed kills, like way beyond anybody else. Wrote a book, American Sniper. There's a movie based on it. His wife has a new book out because he was murdered. So Chris Kyle was murdered at a gun range. His wife, uh, I think, is it Taya or something like that? She's got a new book out, American Wife. I saw an interview with her. She was interviewed uh, last night by Bill O'Reilly on Fox News. I don't, I don't agree with everything Bill O'Reilly says. Just disclaimer. You can Google it. <laughs> But they're ta- he's talking to her about her new book, Mrs. Kyle's, the widow, uh, Kyle's new book called American Wife. About He asks her about forgiveness and uh, concerning the guy who's still alive, who's in jail, who murdered her husband and another uh, person. I don't she know. T- wait, hang on just a second. I don't know so, the story at all. Why did the guy kill, kill him? He... He, uh, I guess Chris Kyle was helping him at a gun range and was under this idea of help. He had been a, a soldier as well. I think he had, you know, post traumatic stress or something. And, and so he didn't I, shoot him because he like he didn't kill him because he was the greatest no, sniper I, of all maybe time. Maybe he did. Maybe he wanted to be known in history. I really, I really don't know. Okay. But in any can in any event, they were talking about forgiveness. So. Play this clip. So it starts out with Bill, Bill O'Reilly asking her about the difficulties of forgiveness, and then she tells a story. And, and just listen carefully. And we're, we're at Taya Kyle? Is that what we're looking at? Yeah. Okay, here we go. You're a Christian woman, uh, and you, you know, wear the cross proudly around your neck. Mm-hmm. Did, did you talk about forgiveness in it? Because I don't know if I could, boy, you know, you have to... Our religion dictates so we have to forgive. Right. Um, I always say, well, you know, the person has to ask for forgiveness. I maybe I'm on the wrong side of that. But have you explained that or talked about that with the kids? We have. We've had some really deep conversations about that. And I actually had a deep conversation with my pastor about it on a different issue. And um, just respecting the time that we have here, there is a story in the Bible where... um, you know, there were some Jews that God sent into a cave. They they decided to do their own thing, not listen to God. They walked for 40 years, and they said, God, you know, please forgive me. And he said, my child, I forgave you the moment you did it. But that doesn't mean you can go back into the That's cave. That's right. You have to. There's always got to be. And this, there's a consequence. This, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait. Okay, wait, go back. Yeah. Wait, 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 okay. wait, wait. Hang on just what, a second. Wait, wait. I, I, have, I, I have not heard this story. Well, I have not heard the sound clip, by the way. Uh, so this is all fresh to me. Did she say some Jews walked into a cave? Yeah, can you find that place? Can you find that place? 
<laughs> what for 40 years we were <laughs> we were it's like halfway <laughs> we were Maybe in a cave forwarded. we were in a cave um, okay. just respecting the time that we have here there is a story in the bible where um you know there were some jews that god sent into a cave they <laughs> they decided to do their own thing not listen to god they walked for 40 years whoa wait let her finish the story. Come on. He said, God, you know, please forgive me. And he said, my child, I forgave you the moment you did it. But that doesn't mean you can go back into the That's cave. That's right. You have, what? You have to be in this. There's a consequence. This. You can't go back into the cave. You can't go back into the cave. This is on, like, Fox News. This is like, of course it is. Of course it is. I don't. This is like being broadcast to like millions of people. And they're like, oh, that's a story in the Bible. You know what the worst part is? Is that America is so. Oh man, America probably thinks yeah, it's in the Old Testament somewhere. <laughs> Nobody knows. They're just like yeah, okay. She said she had a really deep conversation with her pastor. Wait, what? Yeah, that's about this story in the Bible. Oh. Is she mixing up Plato's? Yeah, I think Plato's cave <laughs> shadows on the wall caves thing. I don't get it, man. <laughs> uh, is O'Reilly a Christian? Oh, Jacob just says maybe she decoded it from Plato. <laughs> <laughs> What's the pictograph for cake? <laughs> oh, yeah, man, we shouldn't be laughing at her. I mean, she, oh. there were some Jews <laughs> that got sent into a cave. Okay. No, no, they went into the cave. But they, they wanted to do their own thing. Wait, hang so on just a second. Wait, around. wait, 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 wait. Were, were they sent into the cave or did they go in there rebelliously? Let's. No, I think God put them in the cave first. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted um, to do their own thing. You know, there were some Jews that God sent into a cave. They Oh, he sent them into a cave. Sent them in a cave, <laughs> but then the next step, they wanted to do their own thing. They decided to do their own thing, not listen to God. They walked for 40 years. Wait, what? so they're, wait, they walked into a cave, and they walked around the cave for 40 no, years? They didn't, want, they didn't want to go into the cave, so maybe. Because then... The consequence is the idea, well, then now now you're not going into the cave. No, I think the consequence is that he puts them back into a cave. This they is... said, God, you know, please forgive me. And he said, my child, I forgave you the moment you did it. But that doesn't mean you can go back into the That's cave. That's right. You oh, you're do... right. You're right. They can't go. In... Now they can't go into the cave. I forgave you the moment you did it. <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can go into the cave. There's consequence. And then Briley's like, That's right. Like, wasn't there any part of him saying, he's uh, probably, yeah, I've, I haven't read the Old Testament for a while, so it's probably in there somewhere. I think that that's what most people are doing. I would have called that one out <laughs> yeah, instantly. Says, so they did, I'm not sure if they were ever actually okay. in the cave. Or if he, maybe he put them in and they ran around for 40 years. They left the, the cave, and then they wanted back in. He said, sorry, no. I, and who, which Jews are these? <laughs> I, mean, are, I mean, what time frame? Is this... That, that's a sound clip right there. Which Jews are these? Does she mean like... Well, hey. Like, is she confusing the wilder, wandering in the wilderness? Oh. I don't know. 
Anyway, I so, just, so so wait, hang I on could, just a sec. Now that, we can't. That was we, like last night. I could not believe. We can't come down on her too hard, and the reason why is because I screwed up last week. Okay, in my biblical stories, I screwed up, and I got called on it instantly. Of course, none of our listeners would let me get away with, uh, you know, with uh, screwing up a biblical story. So uh, Lois is the it's first. It's a le- lesson in anachronism. Yes, pr- well, kind of. Uh, Lois is the first one who called me on it. The Qumran Jews, duh. <laughs> Adam. No doubt, the cave. Ah, uh, uh, yes, they were in the caves. Okay, anyway, so here's what I did. We were talking about the Mount of configura- a Transfiguration. I called it Configuration. It's actually Transfiguration. And that's another thing I got called on. See, this is why, okay, many people don't realize this. People email us all the time and say, oh, yeah, you claim to be scholars. Actually, no, I don't claim to be a scholar. I am literally a student. I am a student at Torah Resource Institute. I am part of the three-year certificate program. Rob is one of my teachers. The reason that Rob is was asked to be on this show, you know, I, I knew that I needed a co-host, and I asked Rob if he wanted to do it with me. The reason why is because I needed someone with an education who could keep me on track. But and I dropped the ball. I didn't realize no. you had made. Go ahead. You finish. No, no, no. Keep going. No, keep going. Well, I, now I know what you were talking about. It has to do with Moshe. Yes. Uh, being resurrected. I remember you making the comment that I was. I was probably busy reading something else. Yeah. No, well, no, no worries because of course our listeners would never allow uh, any kind of mistake. Thank heavens. Uh, I thank you for calling me on this. What I said was first of all, I use the word configuration as opposed to transfiguration. So whoever wrote me on that one, you are correct. It is transfiguration, not configuration. I apologize for my misstep in my language. Second of all, I said that the reason uh, I was hypothesizing that the reason that uh, the apostles could talk with Moses uh, was because, because Moses died, right? And we're not allowed to speak to the dead. Right? The Torah tells us that necromancy is is not allowed. Okay. What what what's going on in the chat room? Why are people talking about Jim Barfield? Because she read she probably read it on a copper scroll. Oh, I got gotcha. you. It's okay. back to the Okay, okay. Yeah. Anyway. There's a delay. Okay, I got gotcha. you. So they're still listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway. Um so the the my hypothesis was was that they were able to speak to Moses even though he had died because he was resurrected. Because and But I had, for some reason, I had morphed that story into after Yeshua's resurrection. <laughs> Stay with me, Rob. <laughs> Stay with me, man. Um, so, the point is, is that actually the Mount of Transfiguration was before Yeshua died, and therefore it wouldn't have been Moses' resurrected body, correct? Correct. Okay. So then how do you reconcile this? I asked my dad about this. How do you reconcile the fact that that the disciples were talking to Moses, i.e. a dead person? Wouldn't that be necromancy? Go. Why is it not? I think just anybody Yeshua talks to is alive. Agreed, but it I wasn't mean, ultimately. It wasn't ultimately just in, in that situation. It wasn't just. It wasn't just Yeshua talking to him, right? It was the disciples. See, because I should, I should clear. You know, I, I don't. I don't have an answer for that. I think that um, is is Moses in 
You know, it, in Hebrews it says, it talks about the, the spirits of the saints, the righteous men made perfect. Well, you got two things going on here, in my opinion. First of all, Yeshua says he's, the God, uh, he's not the God of the dead, he's the God of the living. That's why it says the God of Abraham, or the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. So they're not, basically what he's saying is they're not dead, they're still alive. Okay, so there's something, there's something that's going on there. Okay, but also my dad's my dad's response to me. I don't know if I like it the best, but it's the only answer I've heard from someone who espouses Torah uh, in our day and age for Jew and Gentile alike. Uh, it's the only one that I've heard. So if you have a different response to this, <clears throat> yeah. It, okay, so Lois says, "Are you saying that this happened after Yeshua's resurrection?" I don't find that. No, no, I'm not. That, and that's what I was. So I had my stories mixed up, and that's what I said last week. Last week I said that it happened after Yeshua's death. It didn't, though. It didn't happen after Yeshua's death. It, it happened before his death. That's the point. So the question is, is then how could how could the, the disciples that were up on the Mount of Transfiguration, how could they have talked with Moses if he was dead and it not be uh, against Torah? How could Yeshua either? Right? Because... Torah is still Torah. He's not allowed to speak to the dead. Okay. So you so you can you're okay with Elijah because Elijah never died. Elijah never tells us Elijah died. He was taken up in the Merkava. <clears throat> so he's still I mean, he never saw death, right? But then you get into the question it's appointed for uh, for man to die, each man to die once, then judge then comes judgment. Anyway, Elijah, we can we can sidestep because he never died. At least we don't see him ever dying. Moses, though, we know he died, right? I mean, that's right there in the in the scripture. So, how can Yeshua speak to Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration and it not be against Torah, since the Torah says that we're not allowed to engage in necromancy? And the the answer my father gave, I don't know if I like this answer the best. So, so Yeshua is, you're saying that it looks like Yeshua talking to Moses, Moshe would have been necromancy. Well, and that's what my father says, is that it's not necromancy. And the reason why is because necromancy is when a medium tries to raise a spirit from the underworld or tries to be, you know, you try to use a medium between this world and the, and the next world. That's necromancy. When a, when a spirit actually appears, and he brought up the, uh, the story of when the, the uh, witch of Endor or whatever mm-hmm. raises, tries to raise, who is it? I don't know this story well enough. Samuel. Samuel. Yeah, and Samuel comes up and he's like, dude, what are you doing? I was asleep. Right? And she's freaked out. So obviously that wasn't what was supposed to, in her mind, in the witch's mind, that's not what was going on. Something was, something was wrong because some dude actually showed up, right? So my father's point is that necromancy is trying to reach the other the is trying to reach the spirit realm through a medium, and that's what we're not supposed to do in the scripture. Yeah, and, and yeah, all we know is that it says Yeshua was transfigured before them. He basically yeah. What does that mean? Became like radiant radiant light. I got <laughs> I, I got I and honestly, I haven't studied this well enough. What I need to do is sit down and actually do a, a full on study in this. Who knows, maybe I'll speak on it at the next UMJA conference. Uh, but, yeah, these are all good questions. Thank you for everyone who uh, called me out on that one. 
I uh, got my Bible stories mixed up. However, I didn't say that Jews wandered in a cave <laughs> for 40 right. days. Right, and you know what? This this gal, obviously... Her heart's in the right place, I'm sure. Yeah, heart's in the right place. That, But I honestly didn't know if there was a, a, a Mormon or other group that has other scriptures that they've added, you know, other texts that they've added to the Bible, and maybe that they have these other stories. I you know, I can't keep up with all that stuff. Lois has put this uh, put put this perfectly. She says, also, what is the definition of necromancy? Doesn't it include conjuring? And that's basically what I'm trying to say. Thank you for the correct words on that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that should. conjuring is basically the 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 point. Okay. Um, I have one thing left that I would like to talk about. All right, let's do it. I, this is gonna be a short show. I apologize to everyone. Okay, so um, we're at an hour, dude. No, we're not. We're well, at, no, we're at 45 44, minutes. 44 minutes and 34 seconds. Not that it really matters. It's our show. We can go as long or as short as we want. We can stop right now and nobody can say anything it's about like it. It's like a homemade pizza. You can put as much cheese on there as you want. That's exactly right. Okay, so um, <laughs> here is the last. And actually, this is going to be next week's show, I think, because the more I think about this, the more it tees me off. Okay, so there's a gentleman out there named Lex... Okay, he runs uh, Unlearn. I don't know if uh, people on Facebook and or YouTube might have seen the Unlearn uh, website and series. Okay, basically he used to be a pastor. He came to Torah, uh, so on and so forth. Lex and I have had a bit of an interesting history. The very first now I started following Lex. Became friends with him on Facebook. The very first time I ever actually interacted with him was when he had he was posting a post about the name Jesus and the name Joshua being the same, um, the the same name. Okay, and I contacted him and said, "No, you, that's not true. It's not the same name. It's different." Well, we went round and round and round, and, and come to find out, Lex is proficient in his Greek. Lois, uh oh, here we go. Uh, so uh, he's proficient in his Greek, and rightly so. Within uh, within the Greek, the name Joshua and Jesus are the same. There's no difference at all in Greek. However, in Hebrew, that's not the case. And so, if we take the Hebrew, then we know that for sure Joshua and Jesus are actually different names. Okay. So that was my first interaction with Lex. Now we've had some uh, we've had some combatant issues going on recently. First of all, it seems to me now I've been corrected by a few, but it seems to me that Lex is is uh, pushing a perfectionist doctrine. That is that once you come to Christ and uh, the Holy the Holy Spirit enters you, you will sin no more. A person who sins again then is uh, is not saved. Is not actually saved. That's what it feels like he's saying. Now, somebody has said that that's not actually what he's saying, but it sure sounds like what he's saying to me. But check this out. This is a post that came up just recently uh, on his Facebook page. Okay, He says, quote, The Bible says the wages of sin is death, not eternal life in hell, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's his post. So it sounds like to me, like he's saying that the dead, those who don't have the Messiah, uh, will not go to hell, or they'll go to hell, but they'll die instantly. 
So listen to, this is what he clarifies in a comment, okay? Now, this is called annihilation doctrine, annihilation theology. There are people who believe that there is no hell for the everlasting, or for, the, for those who are on earth, who have a body on earth. This is what he clarifies in his comment, okay? The everlasting fire was created for Satan and the fallen angels. Okay, I'll give him that. I agree with that. He quotes Matthew twenty five forty one. Uh, uh, then he will also say to those on the left hand, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. The Bible, this is Lex quote again, the Bible tells us that Satan and the beast and the false prophet will be tortured forever in the fire because they are not mortals. Then he quotes Revelation 20, uh, 10, the devil who received them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. And, and Bible verse, uh, continue quote from Lex. However, when mortals are cast into the lake of fire, it is called the second death. Then he quotes Revelation 20, 14 through 15. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So right now it sounds like he's uh, beating up his own argument, but wait for it. The Bible says, without salvation, we will perish. Uh, and he, John 3, he then quotes John 3.16. I expect that most of our, uh, our listeners know what John 3.16 is. This is because the wicked are not given eternal life. We must eat from the tree of life to live forever, and only, be, only the righteous will be allowed to eat from the tree of life. This is why we should fear the one who can destroy our soul in hell. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy <clears throat> excuse me, the, both soul and body in hell. This is what it sounds like to me. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now, I have contacted Lex. I'm waiting for a response back from him. It sounds like to me what he's saying is, is that hell is a place for Satan, the beast, and uh, and uh, that people will be cast into it, but they will die instantly. And that the uh, actual punishment is eternal death, which means death that uh, basically you will be no more. And so the actual punishment of the wicked is that they will not live with God in, eter- in eternity. I have huge problems with this. Um, I think that... Uh, Annihilation doctrine is is heretical. I don't think it lines up with the Bible. That doesn't mean that a person who believes in it is necessarily a heretic. Um, but I think the doctrine itself is 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 heresy. Um, that being said, here's my question. Here's what I'd like to pose to everyone. Maybe this will give a taste of next week. Okay. Here's what I'd like to pose to everyone. If Lex is actually teaching annihilation doctrine and uh and it's true that when a person dies that does not have Christ they don't just they don't live in hell forever but they just cease to exist and therefore they are separated from God okay so they just cease to exist if that's true then i would like to know since the bible tells us that yeshua is from all eternity in other words, he's from eternity before the world was created. Infinity before us. If that's true, and I was not created before this world began, and I was not created until I was put into my, you know, into my mother and born out onto this earth, 
then was I being eternally punished before the world was created? Because I wasn't created yet, right? I wasn't in the presence of the Most High for eternity before the world was made, right? So wouldn't that be eternal punishment? You with me it's on that? Inter- inter- yeah, interesting question. I was thinking, well, what, is, what does it mean at the end of Isaiah where it says their worm will not? Uh, he uh, responds to that actually on, the, on, on his comments. Does he? Or what is, what is weeping and gnashing of, te- of teeth? There are I, so I many theological problems with this. And here's, you know. He, What's the gain? The gain, at least the people that I've interacted with, the gain from their perspective is that God is not unjust. Because they, they have a belief that God would be unjust to punish somebody with everlasting torment. That, that's, that's, that would be unjust. That's an unjust God. And so they want to protect their image of God from having someone claim that. And so they say, see, um, he just wipes them out and they're just done. They cease existing. It's not like he tortures them forever and ever and ever because that would be unjust. That's my understanding. Is that your is that your understanding? Is why what do they ben- what's the benefit of this doctrine? In other words, you know, here's the thing: is that Lex seems to uh, try to uh, he posts stuff just. It seems like he posts stuff just to debate. Like he's just trying to get into arguments with people. And I don't know why he would want to do that, but you know, he's trying to. I don't know. Maybe challenge people's thinkings. Uh, maybe he's trying to. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But a lot of the stuff that he posts is just like, what are you t- like? Why are you bringing this up? Um, I don't know where this is coming from with Lex. It sure seems like he believes it though. And uh, that being the case, I mean, come on. This is this is just this is beyond. This is beyond bad. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. There are so many problems with it. Um, I don't know what else to say. We're going to have to talk about it so next here, week. So Yeshua says, uh, don't, <clears throat> don't fear man who can kill the body but can't touch the soul. Fear him who can cast your body and soul into Gehenna. So if someone... If someone in this world killed, took my, took the life of my body, Yeshua says that can happen in this world, but they can't touch your soul. Here's the problem: it's a salvation issue. This is a soteriology issue. I, I know people don't think that; they think it's a, a an issue of of God being just. Just, but the but the point is, is that first of all, it is a salvation issue. To say that that there is no hell downgrades what sin is to God. It's an it's an etern- it's a infinite mark on God's holiness. To say that that uh, there's no that there's no punishment for it, that there's no hell for it, downplays how egregious sin is. God is infinitely holy. To say and to say that that a person isn't going to uh, isn't going to pay infinitely for that is to downplay what sin is to an infinitely holy God. So, so to say that, that there, that a person will not uh, spend, you know, will not uh, pay, pay a price in hell 
for eternity is to downplay who God is. And they take the, the story of Lazarus suffering, seek, you know, asking for some sort of... Now, I realize that's a story to make a point to, to Yeshua's audience at the time, but the assumption there is that there's a, there's a place where you go, for, for, that the wicked go, I should say, that, are, that is a, a place of torment and a place of regret, but there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about this next week. It's been, uh, it's been fun. Sorry, this show, uh, you know, we're, we were all over the place, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that's, uh, you know, I hope this was, was a entertaining. Collage. Yeah, a collage. collage. College. And uh, it's going to take me a while to get this up on YouTube. I know I'm going to get emails because I doubt that this is going to be up uh, tomorrow by 2 o'clock when it's normally up. But I did post on our Facebook the Eshba'al Ben Beda inscription with the contest request. We want a good yes. interpretation. We want to see your best Paleo-Hebrew word picture interpretation so we can really understand what this 10th century B.C. It'll be interesting. Description is. It'll be interesting if people actually use charts from the yeah, internet. We want, that's what I mean. Because, we want, because, we, because it'll be interesting to see how much they strong's differ. Strong's numbers. <laughs> I want Strong's numbers if you got them. I mean, bring, let's, I, I'm serious, you know, let's bring all our tools to, in, to decoding the message left for us on this ancient uh, uh, vessel, clay vessel, Paleo-Hebrew from the time of King David, and it's legit. This is, these are Israeli archaeologists. This is not a, a forgery. This is a genuine artifact from the time of the Davidic king monarchy. Your mom so, college. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up then. It's been a short show, but I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, I, you know, we had a great time for all those that were with us in at the UMJA conference. It was a lot of fun. It really was. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I was lifted up, and I hope that other people were too. Um, I learned a new Bible story. <laughs> that's oral tradition maybe it's oral tradition. maybe it's oral tradition hey keep the uh, comments and the uh, the show topics coming uh, we love hearing about that kind of stuff don't forget to go to the Facebook page and enter in what you think the translation of the that jar is uh, yeah use your paleo Hebrew and until next time we hope that this uh, this show glorified our great God and King Yeshua the Messiah <laughs>